We know that in just a couple weeks, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is going to be coming to visit us here in the United States, including here in the Washington, D.C. area. Pope Francis, since his election, has certainly gained a great deal of attention and inspired many people. And among the reasons why he has gained this attention, and among the reasons for which he is well known, is his obvious care for the poor. The admonition that we hear in our second reading, St. James giving to the believers of the first century, surely is one that we can well imagine Pope Francis telling us as well. As St. James says, you know, there's something you've been doing. You've been treating people differently when they come to your gatherings based upon whether they're dressed in fine clothes and you can tell that they're rich or they're dressed shabbily and you can tell that they're poor. He says, you've been giving the rich one a place of honor, the poor one you've been putting in a place of not so much honor, sort of setting them aside. He says, you know, you really shouldn't do that. And that's exactly what Pope Francis would say to us too, isn't it? Let's think for a moment. Why is it that someone of the first century would have done this, which would be exactly the same reason as why any of us might do it now? The internal motivations and thoughts, of course, could vary. But let's take what might be perhaps the best case. Someone who really would like to do something different but feels constrained or feels forced. What such a person might be saying inside might go something like this. They might say, look, I have to provide for my family. I have to keep them secure and bring them the financial support that they need to, to eat and to be sheltered and to grow. And this rich person here, well, he's my boss. Or, well, he's someone who I need to come as a customer. Or he's someone who I know is very prominent and can treat me with honor, give me approval, or at the very least, I don't want him to do the opposite. I don't want him to fire me. I don't want him to not come to my store. I don't want him to tell all his friends to shun me and not support me. He can do me and my family so much good. He can do me much harm. I have to treat him with this honor. Otherwise, bad things will happen. I have to. Thus, this person would be acting out of a perception of need. They need something that this rich one can give to them, or on the opposite, could, could punish them by taking away something that they and their family need. And so the person I'm describing would feel forced, forced to space, pay special honor to this rich person. And when such a one looked at the poor person, perhaps their inner dialogue might go like this. They might say, look, I've got compassion for you. I understand your need. I, I could be in your spot if I make the wrong decisions. I wish I could help you. The fact is, is that I need all these things and you can't give them to me. And the truth is I don't have what you need. So it's not that I don't care about you, but so I don't have to feel so bad let me just put you to the side so I don't have to think about it too much. Now such a person clearly is not in that moment feeling happy or free. They're feeling forced 
by the conditions of life to act in this way. And what I just described is something that any one of us may experience at different times. This feeling of need and of being constrained. When we look at Pope Francis, do we see that? Does he look like he's constrained and forced by need to treat people differently? He doesn't, does he? One of the things we see about him is joy and freedom including when he reaches out to those who are poor or those who are experiencing any kind of difficulty, perhaps a physical condition. We see it, we admire it, and maybe also want it for ourselves. Let's keep that in mind as we turn to the Gospel reading. Here in the Gospel reading, we see Jesus performing one of his miracles of healing. We know that at many times in the Gospels, he heals someone. And we know that he's perfectly capable of healing at a distance. There are times when someone comes to him with a message at someone who's miles away and he hasn't even seen, he heals them with a word. He is capable of doing it that way. That's not the way he does it in this particular story, is it? This shows him doing it in a way that is very personal, very hands-on. This crowd brought to him a man who was deaf and who spoke with difficulty. The word there in the Greek doesn't mean that he couldn't speak at all, but as our translation renders it, he had a speech impediment. He had difficulty. This is what we see in many deaf people today because they can't hear. They, they speak, but not, not quite right, not quite smoothly. That was the case of this man. And what does Jesus do? He takes him apart by the cr from the crowd by himself, looks into his eyes, touches him, puts his finger in his ears, gives him some of his own saliva, sighs, and says, Ephatha, be opened. And the man is healed. Our Lord could hardly have done it in a way that was more personal, more intimate, more hands-on, more expressing that he understood and identified with the man's suffering, and then giving him his power to heal. He didn't have to do any of that to heal him, but he chose to do it in that way. And the crowd probably recognized in some way that this was a new creation, that just as in the original creation, God had personally formed that first man from the dust, giving, as it were, his own saliva to form him from clay, breathing into him the breath of life, just as God still creates individually each and every human soul. So our Lord Jesus put his hands out to heal this man. And as in the original creation we read, and it was very good, the crowd exclaims, he has done all things well. It is a moment of new creation for our Lord Jesus who says, behold, I make all things new. And as our Lord Jesus opened the ears and the lips of this man, 
also open the eyes and the ears of that crowd and of us. Because what was it that that man saw and came to understand and that crowd and us through this miracle? But the profound knowledge that God is with us and he knows us and he loves us and he has compassion for our suffering and he is ready to be with us and to help us and to heal us. And when that crowd had made this discovery, had learned this in an immediate and personal way, how did they respond? They couldn't keep it to themselves. It was such good news that they had to go and tell everyone, even when Jesus had told them, you know, keep this quiet. No, they went and told everyone. And isn't that what we would do too? And isn't that what we see in Pope Francis. He knows what that crowd knew, and he's bursting to share it with everyone and to bring everyone into that knowledge and that encounter. So who do you identify with in these stories today? Are you like that man at the beginning or the crowd that hasn't encountered Jesus yet? Are you like the person that St. James was writing to who feels constrained with regard to welcoming the rich man and the poor man? Are you like that man or the crowd after he has been healed or after they have seen him be healed? You're full of joy. I can't wait to share it with others. One of the things our diocese is promoting in connection with Pope Francis' visit is a response that's called Walk with Francis. You'll find at the back cards like this one that ask, what would you like to do? Partly as a gift to Pope Francis, a spiritual gift. Doesn't it fit that not only we're giving him a gift, but seeking to enter into his joy. Thus, perhaps, if you feel like you need to experience that healing power of Jesus, if you'd remember again vividly what you already know, perhaps you'd want to choose the first one. You will pray or learn with Francis. Perhaps if you're there already, and you're ready to reach out, You might want to choose to serve personally, just as he does, some of those who are in need, or else to act on their behalf. Because when we learn who Jesus is and the joy that he gives us, the fact is, is that we know that we have so much to share with the poor man and also with the rich man who is poor in his own ways. Say to those who are frightened, fear not. Behold, your God comes. He comes to save you. We know that when we walk with Francis, it's one more way of walking with Jesus.